0: Sciences Po.
1: The night is uh, the moment when all the ghosts come to haunt you. Some nights you reconcile your ghosts with your sleep and you rest. And sometimes, when you know the day has been particularly difficult, you have trouble sleeping at night.
0: What keeps you up at night is a podcast produced by the Sciences Po Journalism School and the Paris School of International Affairs. Here, we bring you personal stories from political leaders around the world. How do they balance their
2: responsibilities? How do they deal with their doubts? And how do they manage their priorities? With those questions in mind, we want to dive into the hopes and dilemmas that come with being in charge. I am Sarah Minsonnier, And I am Morgane, Annex,
0: And this is What Keeps You Up at Night. Arancha Gonzalez, you are the Dean of the Paris School of International Affairs. Before that, you were the Minister of Foreign Affairs in the Spanish government of Pedro Sanchez, a time during which you promoted multilateralism and launched the Spanish Feminist Foreign Policy Guidelines. You had an impressive career starting as a lawyer in the private sector, then working in the public sector, including the EU Commission in various capacities. Since March 2022, you are in charge of over 1500 students at Sciences Po and continue having an international role and expertise. Today, we will try to understand how you managed to unplug after a day in the office.
2: Welcome to our studios at Sciences Po Journalism School. Great to be here with you. What did your ghost look like back then? Is there any particular decision that maybe kept you from sleeping?
1: Uh, I will never forget uh, the night of the 14th of March 2020, when Spain declared um, a lockdown. It was a lockdown that was... Needed to protect citizens and businesses from this terrible pandemic, but this was the first time in our history that we were taking such a terrible measure. Um, so we had gone; um, we the Council of Ministers met for um, you know over twelve hours discussing how to do this, weighing in uh, the pros and the cons, uh, trying to sharpen. Uh, a decision that we knew was going to be very difficult for every citizen in the country. And, um, you know, uh, having gone through that difficult day, obviously the night was a sleepless night, uh, thinking of what uh, the country would look like the following day. My second uh, recollection of um, a very difficult night, uh, also as as a foreign minister of the country, uh, was the night uh, when I learned that two journalists, two Spanish journalists, had gone missing in Burkina Faso. So I spent the, the night awake uh, waiting for news uh, from uh, uh, my embassy uh, down in Mali, the one that was responsible for this region, Um With the added element that one of the journalists was someone that I knew, uh, someone that uh, um, I admired, um, a a journalist that had been relentless in trying to unpack for the citizens the most difficult elements in our society, from drug trafficking to human trafficking. And it was a difficult night, and it was an even more difficult day the day after, because... um, they, the we when we found that the two had been assassinated by the jihadist.
2: Could you also maybe talk to us about where you were during both those nights? Uh, were you at home? Were you did you spend it in the office? So
1: the uh, uh, the two nights I was uh, uh, in 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 my residence uh, in the residence that I occupied as foreign minister, um, but with my best companion which was my mobile phone. Uh, this companion that uh, obviously when you are in public service uh, hardly ever leaves you. Um, you, uh, I, I used to joke that you sleep with your phone under the pillow uh, and you wake up and the phone is under the pillow, uh, full of bad, but sometimes also full of
2: good news. To come back to um, these sleepless nights you were talking about, What what were you doing back then, for
1: example? I would spend a lot of time listening to the radio. It's uh, another big connection uh, with um, the pulse of public life, the pulse of where citizens' ambushes and uh, expectations and hopes uh, and fears lie. You can hear the voices, and the voices are important. The voices that uh, speak of fears, but speak of hope and speak of the need to, in a way, be uh, reassured. And these were moments, especially 14th of March, 2020, with this terrible decision to enter into a lockdown with what it meant for every citizen from old age um, citizens, our seniors, that... Could not visit their families with those children that were cut from going to school uh, and going to the playground and doing what children need to do at their age with these workers um, that had to go and risk their lives. And at the moment when there were many unknowns with the doctors, with the nurses, with those that were bringing us the food, the milk, the uh, uh, the water. Um, and with all these uh, millions of people that stayed at home um, very, um, in a very obedient way, um, understanding that protecting themselves was a contribution to protecting others.
2: How did you feel in, in exactly that moment? Because you mentioned this urgent need to protect, but may, were you maybe also afraid of the public reactions?
1: I mean, at the end of the day, after 12 hours of discussion, you have to come uh, to, you reconcile yourself with the decisions you are making, the decisions that you are taking. And of course, the process of weighing in the pros and the cons take a long time. And it's good that for such a major decision, you take the time. Uh, We did this uh, as a college, at least as far as I'm concerned. I left uh, the meeting, convinced that we were doing something that was necessary uh, to protect ourselves from this unknown virus at the time. Let's remember that we didn't know much about the virus at the time. So um, being uh, careful, being taking precautions, uh, thinking about citizens, putting our citizens first was a very important uh, uh, moment. Um, So... Yeah, I spent the night up because the moment was grave, Um, but with the sentiment that we
2: were doing what we had to do. Fast forwarding maybe to the positive moment when, when the lockdown was finally levied, how did you feel back then? What was that like? 21st of
1: June, 2020, the first moment when we opened the country after the lockdown. uh, It was incredible, uh, given that uh, whether you're a minister or not, you also had to be in a lockdown. I also remember the many hours that I spent uh, on my own with a very limited uh, number of collaborators uh, to support me in this role, but mostly working with friend the phone, uh, friend the computer, uh, friend the Zoom. Uh, but this was like an explosion of hope. Like, wow, yes, we can uh, find a bit of uh, space uh, for freedom. We can't go back um, to the streets. Uh, of course, still with lots of precautions. Remember, we were all wearing masks. Um, you couldn't see the smiles, but you could see... Uh, the eyes that were expressing this moment of hope. Of course, there were, uh, again, uh, thereafter, after that period, still moments where we had to uh, uh, reintroduce restrictions, um, and and these restrictions were again relifted. So we learned to live with this terrible disease, but it was a moment of hope, hope, and it was... Uh, the summer. So I guess that helped too.
0: You're listening to What Keeps You Up at Night with Arancha Gonzalez.
2: You mentioned that when you took this decision, um, this collegial decision uh, to go into lockdown, that was something you came to terms with, that you had to do it. Or is there any decisions maybe that you've taken as foreign minister that you now regret? What I can tell you is that I have learned a lot.
1: I've learned from the good things and I've learned also from the bad things. But I don't uh, like the idea that we harbor regrets because you can't change the past. So I don't entertain um, indulging in regrets. I like to learn from what I did, from what worked and what didn't work, and try to project those uh, for the future when you have to make a decision uh, of a similar nature. But, you know, regretting things that you cannot change is indulging uh, in in a dead end. Uh, When I don't like uh, dead ends, I prefer to uh, be more uh, forward-looking.
2: Maybe moving on to how you uh, balance your personal and your public life, how do you unwind after a really long day in the office?
1: So I've, I've always kind of used the same therapy. For me, is uh, about nature. Now, um, I lived for close to 15 years in Geneva. Uh, in Geneva, it's very easy to leave the office and walk by the lake Or walk in the mountains. You don't have to drive miles uh, to get there.
2: Is there any walk you remember um, that you had to take to really come to terms with what you just decided?
1: Yeah. Uh, Walk in the mountains. This helps you concentrate all your efforts into making it to the top. And in the process of going to the top, you reduce the decisions you have to make to the essential. Because it's the essential that you need to carry to the top. You can't carry superfluous stuff to the top. It weighs too much. The effort is too big. So before a big decision like changing jobs, um, I would take a, a hike. That's my mental process to take the big decisions. How does it feel to be there? You see the horizon. The moment you walk, and the more you walk up, the more you see. And um, the earth looks different from up there. You see the rivers. You see the roads. Um, you see the anatomy of our earth, that when you are in it, you cannot see. You have a perspective. But you smell freedom, fresh air. You smell flowers. You smell bushes. And you have to concentrate. Every step that you take is a step that requires an effort. And it's with this concentration that comes this feeling that you can do what you decide to do. This sense of
2: it's in your hands. I gather from this that you have a very special relation to to nature and our planet um we know that today a lot of students suffer from eco anxiety is is that something that maybe also keeps you up at night sometimes you suffer
1: when you see the planet suffering you suffer when uh when you see that uh the the plants are not growing because it hasn't rained um you suffer because there are species that your children will, now see, will not be able to see because they've become extinct. But I think it's a question of how we channel this anxiety. And I think the way to channel this anxiety is to become activists. Not to become pessimists or optimists, but to become activists. To realize that um, first through our own behavior, We can contribute because we all have agency. We all make decisions about our own consumption, our own habits. So first this understanding that we've got agency to contribute ourselves um, with our own lives, but also to understand that we can contribute as part of society. So it's this idea that we transform uh, the anguish, the fear, the passion into
2: action on the ground. How do you imagine a future where you'd sleep better and what gives you hope today? You also
1: have nights where you reconcile yourself with your day. Um, I had a a great night, the night uh, I concluded uh, a long negotiation with the United Kingdom on the status of Gibraltar as foreign minister. Uh, We had a deadline coming up. The deadline was 31st of December 2020, to reach this agreement because after that, Brexit kicked in. Um, The citizens in Gibraltar wanted to remain connected uh, with the European Union, and it was therefore important that Spain and the UK would uh, negotiate uh, an agreement that would make this possible. And after many hours of sleepless nights, including the last night where we spent uh, almost 20 hours in a row negotiated, we reached the deal. So 31st of December to 1st of January was a very very good night. So uh, it's not only sleepless nights. It's also the satisfaction of a job well done, uh, the satisfaction of having done everything that you could. That also has to have a place in our lives. And then I drove home to spend the last day, uh, the last night, uh, 31st of December, with my family, who were waiting for me uh, with the tablecloth uh, laid, uh, the the food on the dishes, and, uh, you know, just uh, about to start the dinner. So then uh, that's when you stop being a minister and you go back into being with your family, trying to enjoy the last day of what had been a very difficult
0: year. Well, thank you very much for sharing your insights with us, Arancha Gonzalez. And to our listeners, thank you for being with us. We hope you'll join us next time. If you've liked this episode, feel free to leave us a comment and a five star rating. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to access all new episodes. Until then, take care and sleep well.